0: 11.50 a.m. February 27th, entering the RSS feed of Got It Memorized, a Twin Peaks podcast with a Kingdom Hearts quote for a title. Shouldn't be too hard to remember. I'm sure the hosts have a fun show. That's what I need. Fun show, reasonably paced. I'm Wheels, and this is Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm good, and this episode's good, and I'm looking forward to talk
1: about it, even if only for the first scene, because any scene that opens with Cooper doing yoga is
0: a great episode. I'm here for- you could learn a lot. (laughs) Yeah. This episode is, I mean, this part of the season, generally, like we, we, we got to slow down the plot a little bit. We got way more episodes mm-hmm. this season than we got last season. But I, I think th- things are still moving at a nice pace. Still We actually get a lot of resolutions to plots in here. So, yeah, there's some neat things going on here. Yeah, Cooper's doing yoga. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, you did mention his dream. His dream was... Uh, I dreamed I was eating a large, tasteless gumdrop. I awoke to realize that I was aggressively munching on my ear pillow silicone earplugs. That's the tastelessness.
1: Says he should keep a closer eye on his, uh, af- this script on, the transcript says afternoon coffee consumption. I think it was after, think he after, says dinner. It after dinner. After yeah. dinner, yeah. Which is funny, it's, I think it's either the end of this episode, maybe it's the next one, which we've already watched, where, like, it's like midnight, and he's drinking coffee with, uh, yeah, yeah. the sheriff Truman, and I'm like, I can't imagine uh and i drink a lot of sleeping well this guy no no i guess he hasn't comes with the territory says a character that shows up next time yeah he talks about how he's still having some abdomen pain that's why he does the yoga he just does a handstand this is the first time he looks under his bed and sees the note that audrey
0: left in the season one finale yeah and he's like uh he mentions that the The giant at some point told him that he was forgetting something, and when once he sees the note, he was like, "Dang it, the giant was right. I was missing something." Of course, the giant was right. He opens the note, and the note, of course, says, "Hey, it's Audrey. I'm a one-eyed Jacks. You know, kidnapped and all. Save me." So now, now Cooper knows where Audrey actually is. Yeah, if you remember last time,
1: he was told by Ben Horn, Audrey's dad, owner of the Great Northern and One-Eyed Jacks, that she was kidnapped, and Cooper it was is asked to take the ransom money and he doesn't really plan on doing that
0: necessarily. That's right. Yeah, he um I think he kind of I think Cooper kind of realizes he's being set up to fail a little bit here. I don't think he realizes the extent to which he's being set up to die, but I think he smells yeah, something like, wrong with him? it. Why not tell the police about it? But we get a scene in the sheriff's department and Hawk comes back uh, after, you know, we we sent him off to investigate the house next to the summer house that the that Leland remembered when he was a kid. He remembered Bob being there and uh, Truman says, hey, I thought we lost you in the Calspell Woods.
1: Hawk is very rushed. He's like two retired female school teachers live in that house next to the Palmers. They have no memory of a gray haired man.
0: Truman just kind of not responding Leisurely eating a donut hmm? hot And hot continues I
1: had to drink three Pots of chamomile tea
0: to find that out Which reminds me
1: will you excuse me a minute he runs <laughs> off.
0: Uh, It's such a great way to get him In give you that plot detail Get mm-hmm. him out I love it
1: The bathroom at the Twin Peak Sheriff Department has had so many Plot contributions in the
0: Past three <laughs> episodes it's really really Impressive one of these days, we're going to get an episode where Andy comes out and he says, "Don't go in there." <laughs> uh, maybe we already have. Who knows? I
1: mean that. I mean that could that could, you could end any scene that way, and it would just be like, <laughs> "This is a good note to end the scene on." Yeah, because yeah. it's just like, "Oh, sure, this made me laugh, and now we're moving to something else." Why this not? This
0: transitions to a conversation between uh, Sheriff Truman and Lucy. Lucy says that she's going off to Tacoma To visit her sister Gwen and her husband Larry Because uh, they just had a baby And Lucy's doing her typical over-explaining And she's like, well, you know, actually I should just stay here until the temp girl you hired Until the go-do temp, the the can-do temp girl uh, Until the can-do temp girl gets here I'll, I'll, I can explain the phones and the coffee And Truman is like, "Just you took the day off, just go Yeah
1: Sometimes can-do girls can't <laughs>
0: That's a great line, yeah. Uh but then they convince her go have your day off. They they don't have it covered, by the way. Oh yeah, they they also don't have a temp girl. The temp girl is Andy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but yeah, that that's a subplot that spins a, maybe that's too much to to call it a subplot, but it uh comes up again later. Harry talks to Cooper checking in on the Audrey situation and Cooper says that he knows where Audrey is, so that will uh Progress a little bit later, now we check back in on our favorite teens and their insurance fraud scam, which is Shelly Johnson, Bobby Briggs. Uh, It's been a couple episodes, I think, since we checked in on this, but they are getting some, I don't know, fancy machinery to help... Leo move about from a home.
0: guy whose name
1: is Mr. Pinkle yeah sorry I don't even believe that he's a real salesman of this stuff because he says no, something wrong so. and Bobby snaps at him and
0: he corrects himself like so I think he's like some sort of shady associate of Bobby's because uh what's happening here is he's supposedly selling them this fucking death trap uh, for Leo that is like supposed to give him mobility around the house but presumably not as expensive as a wheelchair, I think is, you know, they're trying to cut mm-hmm. corners so they can get more of the money and he's trying to demonstrate it, but it doesn't work. God, he says the, fu- uh, does he say it before? No, he meant, he mentions this later. I'll get to it then. But yeah, the thing that you're talking about, he's, uh, Shelly is asking him about a ramp and he's like, Oh yeah, uh, I got some great plywood. And then Bobby's like, eh, And he goes, "Uh, I mean, pine wood, pine wood. (laughs) But yeah, so then he's uh, there's something going wrong with the contraption. It's got like chains and a doesn't look safe to me. No, it's not. We see it's not because Pinkle Mm -hmm.
1: demonstrates it with his own tiny body. And it just is flowing back and forth like a
0: pinata, Like like a carnival ride. Like the like the Incredible Hulk is slamming him. He's flailing him from both sides. But before that, we get a line, which I think is very telling Uh about this bitch, because he says uh, he's like he's like fiddling with the switch to get it to work while Bobby is sitting in it to test it. And he goes, come on, come on. Sometimes you got to be tough to these things. You got to hit it hard. A machine is like a woman, as they always say at the machine shop. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that.
1: Yeah, that's the intended reaction, I think, from something like that. Uh, And it finally works, and it lifts up Bobby, who is, like, sitting in the belt for whatever reason,
0: and
1: he uh, flips out on it.
0: Yeah, and Bobby has Shelly leave the room so that he can talk to Mr. Pinkle Pinkle alone. Pinkle Pinkle alone, and yeah, he says, Pinkle, 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 this thing is a death trap. Told you we have to keep him alive. Pinkle says something here that makes it seem like he's, like, like in on the scheme. He's saying something about his cut. So, yeah, I think he's a, I mean, he's scam artist of some variety yeah i don't know that we see him again but i doubt it you can kind of see like shelly is like is this is, is our scheme gonna actually work like she's starting to have doubts that this is gonna come together and he's like it'll it'll be it'll be fine
1: and that's i think the end of that plot thread for this episode we see leo in the next episode
0: that's right yeah well we we get the courtroom thing we'll get We have two courtroom things. In this episode, yes. Yeah, this first one is, although it's, is it at the roadhouse? It is,
1: yeah. It it starts with the the bang, bang bar sign, and then we cut inside and see the stage has been turned into, like, there's, like, a stand up there. There's no jury or anything, it's just the judge. There's um, a courthouse in Twin
0: Peaks, yes? I guess not, because they're using the bar. It's really funny. God damn roadhouse It's really funny because they cut to like
1: It's it's a pre-trial so it's just The lawyers talking right. and there's An audience of like the cops and Cooper And whatever but the floor is just covered In peanut shells and like they take <laughs> And it's I think it's the second one The second pre-trial where they're like Can I have a word? Uh, the judge is like Can I have a word with Cooper and Harry and they just Walk over to the bar and get a drink yeah, Get
0: a drink It's a really funny visual idea Like to, to do it here I talked the, uh, you know, last episode or whatever that was when the judge was introduced, how I really like the judge's introduction. I really like the character. He's a bad judge, I th- I think. Like, any anytime anyone says something with pathos, he's like, well, that side must be right. Because, like, the prosecutor is, like, down the line and he's like, clearly from facts A, B, and C, we need to deny bail for... Leland Palmer, and then Harry is acting as the defense for Leland, and he's like, "He's kind of nice I don't know about you, but I particularly like Leland. And the judge is like, "Well, he's like an ace attorney judge." He's like, "Well, <laughs> he's got you there, prosecutor. He's well liked." Have you considered this?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny too because there's there's something to that where it's like, yeah, I mean, the legal system's not good. Did kill a guy? It's it's a, a weird sort of thing where it's like, I don't know, I understand where all how all the people in this small town make this not great decision. I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think it's it's really well written and performed by all this stuff. And Cooper's like not really saying that he disagrees, even though it kind of feels like he does.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I can't remember if he says something to that effect later, but I also got that impression. Yeah. Um but that's the end of this first one. We'll get another one for Leo later for the arson, and then also the claim of his, the, the potential that he murdered Laura. Yeah. But before all that, we get, uh, we check back in on our favorite botanist, Harold Smith. Oh, uh, yes. With all his orchids. Sense. Donna's there visiting him again. After they say their pleasantries, Donna says, I've got a proposition for you. I'll share my life with you, tell it to you, part of your living novel, if you let me read Laura's diary. And that's the, that's the proposition, and... His terms are that the diary can never leave the room And she agrees So uh, Donna will narrate her life to Harold And Harold will in response read bits of the diary But Donna takes a chance to Well first she kind of like She doesn't ever really talk She talks
1: about herself in the next episode She doesn't in this one I don't think.
0: Yeah, she kind of avoids it by just, like, flirting with him for a bit. And then when he's distracted, she just takes the diary and runs outside with it because she knows that he's agoraphobic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like once he steps outside and starts to have, like, a panic attack, she's like, the scene ends. But from context of when we see her next, you kind of make the assumption that, like, once she saw him collapse like that, she probably felt bad and helped him and got him back in and gave him the diary back. She, you do hear her say, like, oh, I'm sorry. And
1: it's like, well, you did it. Like, yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> this is mean. This is a mean thing to do.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, it's just she she wants that book. And, yeah, the, that scene ends with him grabbing the book from her before he even goes back inside. A lot of scenes end with him grabbing the book because it seems to mean something to him. It's, he keeps saying there's nothing in there and doesn't want anyone else to look at it. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I truly don't remember what's in there, but I'm sure it. Uh matters. I'm sure plot happens with it.
0: Yep. We will check back in on that later, but now we get the Leo The pretrial, right? Yeah, the yeah, the Leo pretrial. I guess it's to determine whether or not Leo should be there to stand trial when he's tried. Yeah, because he's
1: like his brain's not like on really, so they're like, it's not yeah, there's no value in putting this guy to trial because he can't even defend himself or be cognizant of it other side of the argument is what about the closure for everyone else and it ends up falling on him going home and i don't know if they plan on having a trial when he gets better i don't that's what that, i but was
0: wondering is does this mean they like they won't charge him because that I'm, seems odd know. it's like his disability is entirely after the mm-hmm, events the, the crime whatever
1: i think the the reason like uh and, and cooper this is a conversation with cooper the judge and um Harry's there I don't know if he contributes I don't remember Judge is like Do we think This guy even did it And Cooper's like No (laughs) So it's like Well maybe it's not A big deal anyway That's uh Because the line They say Harry what's the temperature Of the town Uh, Do they want a trial Or a lynching And Truman says They want the right man Brought to
0: justice Yep And so the The judge Says that uh, Like you said That Leo can Can be at home And presumably There'll be a trial For him In Mm -hmm. his absence
1: Yeah the judge asks Cooper after Harry walks away, and um, Harry goes to tell Shelley that he's not going to be tried. And before, but before that, the, the judge asks Cooper how long he's been there, and he says, 12 days, sir, which we've talked about how basically
0: every episode's been a day, but wow, that's only 12 days. Yeah, and he's, he is in love with this town. It's always funny when that's the case, because it's like the show aired week to week and obviously we're watching it week to week yeah it's always funny when it's like so much more time has passed in real life than in the fiction it's always yeah i i for some reason i find it more immersion breaking for that to happen than for time to pass faster because i expect time to pass faster than real life because of the you know the magic of elliptical editing yeah but it's, it's weird when it's like I've been watching this week to week for a lot longer than twelve days.
1: Yeah, I like. It. I think it's a nice effect just to be like, "Oh yeah!" Like it kind of shocks you into remembering how much, how quickly Lost all these the things same are, thing too. Yeah. are are happening together. But yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting effect too because I feel like. Whether you realize it or not, might as, like e- even with this, where obviously a day is longer than forty five minutes, you your brain fills in the blanks of what's happening off screen, and you get a little more invested in like the amount of time passing. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, watching something week to week when it's uh, in fiction day to day, I think amplifies that effect. We are like, God, it's really only been twelve days, and like, I've seen I,
0: everything.
1: I can't imagine Cooper and Harry ever being apart again. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And they, yeah, it's, it hasn't been two weeks, anyways. It's funny that the script calls this the Hurley House, but I guess it is because he's. I forget that Big James Ed Hurley and Ed have the same last name. That's true. Yeah, yeah, Big Ed Hurley. I just he- see Hurley and I think James Hurley, but that is mm-hmm. also Big Ed's last name. Yeah, uh, but Nadine's coming home, and yeah, Nadine is coming home, and and I think like from James's responses, he might have been told something like Nadine's kind of not all there, but he's very surprised when she starts. She doesn't even recognize him. And she thinks she's 18 (laughs) and -hmm. all of this. And Ed is like, look, Doc Hayward says we're just supposed to, like, go with this for now. Yeah, roll with the punches. Dr. Jacoby, this like the one psychologist that we have in Twin Peaks, uh, is in Hawaii because he's recuperating from whatever it was in season one that happened to him that I don't remember. He had a heart attack or whatever. A heart attack. And so, yeah, then Ed is just ed tells james we just gotta kind of go with this and he tells nadine nadine's like where are my mom and dad uh or mm-hmm. that's such a weird so do you think so is this used to be her house growing up and now they own i guess that's the case and now that's, they own. that's it what's implied by the language
1: yeah um because she seems to know the place right right but
0: she's like yeah uh
1: she's told that her parents are off in europe and that they have the place to themselves it's interesting too because she doesn't seem to think that ed looks older which uh I, I guess that's the thing it's just a lot of conveniences for the sake of this plot happening at all but yeah she runs off while big ed explains this to james and then she c- comes back because she tore the door off the fridge
0: yep and she's like it came right off and
1: uh, she like lifts it up as an example of, like, making it look light, but, like, the, and, and the, the film like, speeds up. It's Right, it's, it's like, under,
0: under-cranked under to use the, you know, kind of obsolete way of saying it. It's, like, fast-forwarded mm-hmm. uh, in a strange way and uh, then, like, to make c- it show how fast she can lift this up. It looks so unnatural, but whatever. This is a stupid plot that I love anyway. This is a, yeah, I don't want anything to
1: look natural in this plot line. Right. Uh, and then it cuts back to uh, Ed and James's scared faces. Ed's so many great faces from from Everett McGill. Yeah, in, in all these scenes, because Nadine will just like do something, and he's like, uh,
0: Just constantly." <laughs>
1: um, I don't. Th- I think it's. I don't <laughs> think it's this episode that uh, when she like playfully punches him, and he's just out. <laughs> I think it's the next one.
0: Yeah, no, it, yeah, I think it's the next episode. It's a great great bit the next scene is uh we check back on our middle plot yeah our yellow face files because mm-hmm. Catherine is still in disguise as mr Tojamura, and she uh strong arms her way into a meeting with ben horn at at his office in the great northern and he's like uh i got a pretty important call coming up and and she in You know, in disguise is like, well, I've got five million dollars and I want to buy the Packard land. So let's do it. And he's like, well, I don't. Well, you know, and then she tells him the amount of money and he's like, okay, let's do this.
1: Yeah, because he likes money. I almost find these scenes. Much more interesting to even talk about knowing it's Catherine Because it's like, who's this random guy trying to yeah strong arm
0: into the mill stuff and But it makes a lot more sense when it's just Catherine trying to get uh, Wrench herself back into the plot mm-hmm. after being forcibly taken out of it For, yeah, a couple of days
1: But yeah, five million dollars, that will come up again later And it, yeah, Ben's like, okay, sure, I mean, I'll take five million dollars So, <laughs> cool that's it. Uh, there's, there's, um, did we skip over the scene? Yeah, we did. Uh, but this, before the scene starts, there's like, uh, the establishment of this location is like Hank walking through Bobby, like tailing him. And like, I don't know why. And he runs off and then Cooper comes through again after the, uh, meeting with Tojimura slash Catherine, Hank sort of, Pokes his head in through like there's a back hallway door in this office that he like we've seen it before I don't think we've pointed out that it's a a back door hallway but uh, Hank pops in and is like uh, Cooper's coming and he's like yeah I know go <laughs> I need to talk to Cooper yep so he does
0: and it. then there's a phone call and it's the it's John Renault uh, mm-hmm. and Cooper just gets there in time to be part of the call and well he has a little duck call. I think we have to acknowledge that he's it got, makes it he's okay. He's got business to take care of before, which is to go toot-toot on a little duck call. I mean, yeah, they, they talk to Jean.
1: Cooper wants to know but where Audrey is. we already know they that
0: Cooper yeah. doesn't actually intend to go. T- the It's kind of a shame because Jean describes the place that uh-huh. he wants Cooper to go to as this off-of-the-grand-fork Near a bar called the Columbian. Yeah, the Columbian. Behind it is a failed amusement park. Go to the merry-go-round. Leave the briefcase beside the horse with no head at midnight alone. It's like, that scene sounds so cool. And he doesn't go there. (laughs) Yeah. Because he knows that Audrey is actually at one-eyed jack. So he's just going to go straight there. Uh, But he doesn't tell Ben that he's like, yep, I'm going. I'll take your I'll take your money and I'll go to the meeting place. And what once he goes, then Hank comes out of the little hidey hole and Ben's like, all right, now I need you to follow Cooper and bring my daughter back, preferably my daughter and the money, uh, if possible. And Hank is like, Cooper's not bringing her back. And Ben's like, Cooper's not. He's not coming back.
1: Yeah. And he's like, hopefully you can get the briefcase as well. Which I think it just implies kills Jean Renault. But everyone yeah. wants to get over everybody in these episodes. It's it's kind of just like and also nobody ever answers questions when asked questions.
0: Well, I mean 'cause it's I mean, Cooper fundamentally doesn't trust Ben Horn at this point. Fair. For a lot of reasons. Um and he's about to trust him even less. Cooper's the person I'm happy with. It's everybody else that I'm I'm commenting on. Yeah.
1: But it's just like uh Peak soap opera stuff too, which is like in yeah. this now too. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Ben again ends the scene with uh celebrating the five million dollar check he has hanging out with him. Then we go to the teen plot, which I yeah, feel like Donna- it's it's genuinely a teen plot again.
0: That's right, yeah, because James has kind of there's kind of been this um, you know, everyone was doing their own thing. Donna was kind of off, but we're cu- we're slowly bringing. We're slowly reconciling James and Donna. We don't necessarily get it in this scene, but Maddie and Donna are planning a heist of the secret diary that won't involve Harold having a panic attack and collapsing. Mm -hmm. And so Donna's like, I will, you know, turn up the heat a little bit, you know. Get things a little steamy and get things a little steamy in the greenhouse, if you know what I mean. And while I've got him distracted, then you because she spotted before where he hid the diary. So she's telling her where it is. And so she's like, well, I'm distracting him. You go in, yank, yoink the diary and and get out. And that's their plan.
1: Yep. She mentions there's a doohickey on the side of the Doesn't bookcase. describe it well. So no.
0: they lose a lot of time the night of. But Just like there is the word. In fact doohickey. A doohickey that's yeah. actually like, I don't know what there's a knob on the side of the bookshelf that you have to turn. But she calls it a doohickey, and that leads to uh Maddie being very confused, and uh, well, we'll get to that in a later scene, because we don't yep. immediately go to it. We get a one-eyed jack scene.
1: Yep, we go to one eyed jack's where Jean Renault and Black Rose are discussing the plan to merc Cooper. Uh Jean Renault shows off his Assassin's Creed thing, because he put like a a thing on his arm oh, with a yeah. knife that it shoots up off the wrist. He's not wearing a coat or anything over it yet, so you just see it. And he, I mean, we never see that happen because, spoiler, Cooper comes here to One-Eyed Jax. Um, but
0: Jean is sort of explaining doing that when he gets the briefcase from I love it Cooper. because even the, even though we, we see it in the scene the whole time, I still like almost gasped when it, shot out there's something about the sound of it and the fact that it just stabs right through the strawberries uh to demonstrate it's like i don't know it looks like such a deadly move even though you would have to be very i think very technical with your your aim on your wrist there but it just look there's something about the kind of switchblade action that's very striking yeah in the way that it's shot and recorded
1: and they're they mentioned that they're planning on killing Audrey as well um like i guess they're going to overdose her before they hand her off seems to be the idea Nancy why
0: why do they do that i don't i'm not really
1: sure that's what i mentioned i just mentioned this but it's like everyone's trying to kill everybody and fuck over other people and i'm i this do you is think one think that they
0: don't want Audrey to talk because she they know that she was under maybe because she was there pretending to be a new recruit it's, and it's she not knows really things clear What the idea is,
1: because we don't see the outcome of it, because Jean-René's trying to get control of this place, seems like that wouldn't go through if Audrey gets home and doesn't wake up. But it's uh, not really clear, because Jean also kills Black Rose in a minute. But I think Nancy's probably involved with it too. Black Rose's sister that Jean is romantically involved with, she comes in. And he asks if, he says, does the girl sleep? And she says, dreamland. And just, can anyone just say yes or no <laughs> in this fucking show? Jesse, what the
0: fuck are you talking <laughs> Nancy, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Uh, a lot of stuff just kind of happens in this episode and uh, One-Eyed Jacks. Nancy reveals that she has a knife in her boot, which comes up again later we we cut back t- uh, away away from there for now and back to the sheriff's department because this is when we learned that the person covering the front desk
0: is none other than Andy Brennan. He's covered in sticky notes. Can do temp girl. And yeah, he's he's trying to keep track of everything with sticky notes and they're just all over the place and all over him and it's a the disaster. There's no way he got that many phone calls. Impossible. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like sheriff's office like, there's a, probably a lot going on all the time.
1: It's just funny. Like, other episodes, Lucy's... The joke has been that Lucy says she's too busy because, like... No, they're not. <laughs> this, Like, this is the only thing that's ever happened in this small town Is uh, right now. <laughs> that's true, yeah. He is covered in sticky notes. The window's covered in sticky notes. And maybe he's just being too thorough and not throwing anything away. But he calls... Uh, I can, I think he's... Yeah, he's calling out to the... He's trying to get an update on his sperms test, although the nurse on the phone asks, and he has to whisper. He's like, semen's analysis, <laughs> Brennan, Andy. and She's like, I'm sorry, I can't, hear, I can't you. hear you, sir. And then he speaks up his name, and uh, she's like, oh, the doctor's analysis is ogliospermia. And
0: then he, you know, he wants to write it all down. Mm-hmm. I love this bit. He's like "Oglio uh as he's writing it. Yeah. And she's she says something like, "It's like that's right. That's very, like it's very, very yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good, she, sir.
1: Yeah." She starts doing that through the uh, the rest of this conversation. Um, and he's like, "That's terrible. I have that.
0: No, sir. You had that. Oh, I had that. Uh huh. And they uh, uh it means." It means too few sperms. Too few sperms. <laughs> Very good, sir. You mean I'm cured? The doctor says there's not just three men on a fishing trip.
1: Yeah, she kind of fades off because he's repeating it, and then it just you only hear him, but he says, there's not just three men on a fishing trip. They're a whole damn town. <laughs>
0: what a funny... Turn a phrase for that anyway. <laughs> I love the like. I love the idea. That this is such a small town that even the doctor can't talk to you about sperm. Mm-hmm. That's right, sir. Do you understand? He's like, yeah, I know what that means. It means they're not really real people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Sorry, sir. I have another call. <laughs>
1: he's like, oh, okay, thank you. and he hangs up, when he's he's uh he's just like uh, like he hangs up the phone and he's alone now in the room. And uh, Truman's coming in from. Uh, in the background he's like I'm a whole damn town (laughs) Yeah you are
0: Andy Hell yeah yeah yeah, Andy's a whole damn town (laughs) Truman's like world
1: Truman's like confused and he turns around and look at he's like I'm a whole damn town and he's just like (laughs) he just walks away like Truman just walks away, goes into another room with Cooper and Cooper clearly makes a face, and Truman just says, don't ask, where are we?
0: <laughs> yep, so then they go over the plan of their assault on One-Eyed Jacks. essentially. Their get in, the, get a Audrey, get out for plan. for Audrey. Yeah.
1: Lots of heists in this episode. A book, a woman. hmm What else do you need? Sperms. Sper, uh, a sperm heist. <laughs> that would
0: be a wild plot where it's it like- It sure would. Anyway, makes you think of some sort of strange film that we could write.
1: Uh, so, yeah, some sort of heist remake of uh, The Switch, a film in which Jason <laughs> Bateman switches sperm. Yeah, they send Hawk home, because uh, this is supposed to just be uh, Truman and Cooper, so Hawk's like, oh, okay! and
0: Yeah, because it's, like, extra legal, as it were.
1: Yeah, across the border, uh, Buckhouse Boy stuff, and I guess they're trying to limit it to less people knowing, but they, uh, yeah. That's it. They they're looking at the map. They plan where they're gonna go. They go off and do it. And as they're leaving, they say bye to Andy at the desk, and he sees uh, a number on the desk for Gwen and
0: Larry. If you remember, that's where because he yeah, he's drowning and stuff, and so he wants to call the call the house of Gwen and Larry where Lucy said that she was staying.
1: Yeah, well, I th- I think it, I, I assumed he wanted to tell her that he's a whole damn town. Oh, right. But uh, he calls the number that's written down, and it's uh the answer says seattle abortion clinic and he's like hi uh what <laughs> <laughs> hi is lucy what seattle abortion clinic and he hangs up and he's like oh my god
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's the end of that for uh, i now. i have for- i forgot that that happens that like she says that she's just going off to see mm-hmm. uh Her cousin or whatever, her sister or whatever it is. Yeah, it it adds a different layer to
1: her trying to be like, no, I should just stay because I think, Mm, mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, spoiler, she she doesn't go through with it. But yeah, you can sort of see the I don't know anxiety about it from her. Um, But then we go to the double R where James is just having dinner. Maddie comes in to get a coffee, and James is like, "Can we talk?" And she's like, "No." Yeah. He's just like, and, oh, you uh, have to go? Where are you going? And she's like, home, fuck off, bye.
0: <laughs> it's none of your beeswax. I mean, she doesn't, she tries to make it seem like she's not up to anything, but he's like, okay, she's up to something. So he mm-hmm. doesn't finish his dinner, drops the money on the counter, and uh, goes off to follow her at a discreet distance. Yeah. He's being an annoying dipshit guy, but it pays
1: off because she's going into a dangerous situation. So, yep. Out in the wash as many things come in this show. Uh, and then we are basically going to that, because we're going to the house of one Harold Smith, where Donna is. This is fucked. She tells an incredibly sad story about how she's 13 and gets attention from 20-year-old guys. Um, we, we don't she's need to like read all She's, trying to, like,
0: seduce him with this. Yeah. Like, I, if I, Like, Donna... It's a little column A,
1: column B... It's fucked up that it works, obviously, and I think Donna knows that Harold's fucked up. This will work, but also she's clearly like getting some sort of therapeutic. Put
0: the moves on the guy. Don't tell him about when you were
1: thirteen. I well, I think that's Donna. That's why I think the scene is so good because she's venting about being a victim at thirteen from a twenty-year-old guy, and she's clearly getting worked up about it, but also. Whether she's doing that because she thinks this guy's a creep and it'll work, it works. And I, I just think it like it kind of fires on all cylinders there.
0: Yeah, it makes it all, it makes the whole sequence feel that ear. And uh which is to the effect of the scene, because that's how yeah. you are supposed to feel during all of this.
1: Yeah, I think there's a really nice subtext in and not even subtext, but like Thread in this show where like Oh any young woman Can become Laura Palmer at any moment Like especially in this yep. town But just like no this stuff just happens To young women man it sucks Yep um, And that's why I really think this scene is Phenomenal at uh, saying that Without just saying that through Donna's story about being 13 With Laura and getting hit on By 20 year old guys Because sure attention's nice yeah, Harold's
0: like great stuff. <laughs> yeah, he goes over to his orchids. She follows him over there, and you know she leads him to a side of the his little greenhouse where he won't have eye, an eye line, uh, a sight line to Maddie as she sneaks in and mm-hmm. takes too long trying to get the diary because she doesn't realize what doohickey she needs to move on the bookcase to get the secret compartment to open up. Yeah. Um, So by the time she grabs it, he's looking right at her when she's there.
1: Yeah. We. um, I mean, that's yeah. We cut to some one-eyed Jack stuff before that happens, but that's oops because I think that's uh, the ending of the episode is the Uh, the Harold stuff. But yeah, we go to one-eyed Jacks where they. Break into the back door, Cooper and Harry. Harry, like, punches. There's like a one guard guy. Harry punches him and he, like, opens his mouth to go, oh, and he, like, shoves, I don't know, a stress squeeze ball in his mouth and yeah. then puts he, duct he, tape he, over he,
0: it. Yeah, he makes, like, a stress ball into a ball gag by yeah. putting it in his mouth and the duct tape. It's so viscerally yeah. upsetting to yeah, imagine being. No! It's it's but just it's, it's, it's a, a great neat little detail
1: combo move because he like spins him around and knocks <laughs> his head into whoa, the door, whoa. which knocks him out and opens the door. And they just drag That's him great. inside. Also worth mentioning that an owl hoots and makes eye contact with Cooper.
0: And Cooper knows the owls are not what they seem. Yeah, he he knows. He's been told a couple times.
1: Uh but they get inside, you know, they they sneak around trying to find where Audrey is. They split up though at one point. Harry eavesdrops through a glass door and sees uh Jean Renault kill Black Rose. I uh, it uh not straight away, maybe. Maybe I I don't know if it's this or in a a minute later, but
0: they do. Yeah, we we get the idea that he's like, you know, he's making his power play to take over one-eyed jacks, and Black Rose is the current manager, so he's gotta take her out. And he does! He does!
1: And um we cut away from this. When we cut back, Cooper will run into Nancy and find Audrey. We go back to the Herald scene you described. Yeah, he walks off. Madeline comes in. And yeah, we cut again back to One-Eyed Jacks where, yeah, Cooper finds Nancy and, like, goes for a handshake and then twists her arm around and, and asks for Audrey Horn. And he's led into her. She, like, pretends that she's not involved she's like it's not my idea right you're nothing but meat on a hook to these people which sounds sympathetic but she pulls a knife out of her boot and cooper notices it because there's a mirror in the room like he like out of the corner of his eye he sees her in a mirror he's do the it glint of the knife
0: or whatever yeah
1: yeah and then he's going to to free audrey he nancy goes to stab cooper and he like Reaches his arm around at the perfect Watch time out. and grabs it and just like throws her against the wall and punches her in the gut. It's he's a trained agent, he is, yeah. Takes her out, lifts Audrey over his shoulders, and takes her out. Truman sees John Renault kill Black Rose, everybody's dying, so many plans crisscrossing. Uh, John sees through the window Harry. And shoots at him and then runs away. Harry's fine, but they lose Jean Renault for now. And Cooper shows up. They are like, "All right, let's fucking go." I leave Black Rose's dead body. Not our problem. Cross the border. And yes, that's then on their way out to the door. Is where a random guards
0: like, "Stick your hands up!" <laughs> and it's like, really, is this gonna be the thing that stops us? Yeah, a random but it's guy. Like they're just standing there, and he does have the gun pulled on him, and. They've got Audrey, so there's kind of that added danger. But, uh, and he makes him turn around, but then you hear him go, oh, and drop, because the cavalry's here, because it's Hawk. And he threw a knife into the man's back. This man's dead, yes? I, I don't know. He's at least knocked out. <laughs> it's a big knife. I, and yeah. it's, like, in there, man. And they just, they just pull out. I mean, we don't see it, because it cuts right before Hawk pulls the knife out. But he just yanks that that guy's just gonna bleed out and die. Yeah, I mean Amazing throw, Hawk. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um my boyfriend cheered when Hawk appeared. Yeah. <laughs> he was like It's it's great. And he what he says is, It's a good thing you guys can't keep a secret, which is yeah. great. It's great. Yeah, it's a great scene. They they head off. Um, if you remember,
1: Hank was trailing Cooper, so as they leave, Hank says is like calling back and is like, There's been gunfire. Truman and Cooper are leaving with your daughter. But then John sneaks up on him and grabs him and pulls a wallet out of his coat jacket or whatever. And if you remember, Hank stole the wallet of the lawyer guy, the prosecutor. The prosecutor, Lodwick. So he sees, so he, John Renault pulls this wallet out that says, uh, Mr. Lodwick, DA's off. Great, great so many threads tying up
0: together here. I really I really like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think that goes anywhere. Probably I don't remember Bec- either. But it is he's like pretty immediately like, oh, you don't look like the guy in this picture. Yeah,
1: but it is uh for a brief moment you're like, oh, what an exciting <laughs> number
0: of things. Right. Then we get the end of the Harold thing where he sees Maddie taking the diary while Donna's trying to distract distract him and and Harold he, he kind of, he loses his temper, I guess. And he says, are you looking, looking for, for secrets? <laughs> Great line delivery. He has a weird line too. He says,
1: is that what this is all about? Well, maybe I can help you. Do you know what the ultimate secret is? Do you want to know what Laura did? The secret of knowing who killed you. I was like, okay. And then he like. Yeah, he, it
0: is a weird line.
1: He grabs a, what do you even call this thing? It's like um, a garden it, tool. Yeah, it's not
0: a trowel. It's a uh, it. You would use it to like break up soil. It's like a three pronged yeah rake kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's a little claw thing, and he like
0: drags it on his face, and uh, it bleeds, and it's creepy, and yeah, uh, Maddie screams. I am and surprised. That's the end of the episode. I,
1: I'm sure he knows. Like I'm sure Laura said, "Yeah, I have this cousin who looks just like me." But it is interesting that he has no reaction to true. Yeah, Madeline looking like Laura. Uh, that's just a thing that I noticed. But that's the end of this episode. Um, that's the dramatic cliffhanger. Um, the next episode. Uh, one of the few ones that doesn't start in the morning. It actually like has a lot of stuff at night. That's true. To wrap up before we get to morning. Um. But yeah, that's uh Joe where are you on the internet though? Yeah, for now, I'm on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O, where I occasionally tweet. Uh I'm also on another podcast called We Are Watching One Piece, still in the whole cake arc of One Piece. I'm rewatching it, my co-host Joy watching it for the first time. Thus, we discuss the things that happen in the anime. Uh well we're uh, I'm, you know interstitial still coming out halfway done in the public feed uh you can get the whole season on the patreon for this show as well but i posted one of the one of the songs on my twitter if you wanted to listen to something from the soundtrack of interstitial that soundtrack will be coming out uh beginning of april but yeah
0: that's really all the stuff i i have to plug what about you wheels you can find me on twitter at singular wheels and you can find Me on the podcast, Very Random Encounters. It's where some friends and I play tabletop role-playing games and randomly determine as much as is possible. Let's see. When this comes out, the episode releasing will be the first episode of I'm Sure You're All Wondering Why We've Gathered You All Here this evening, which is a... It's not a murder mystery role-playing game. It's a murder competition role-playing game, I guess. Uh, A bunch of people are invited to a mansion, and the last one alive, they're told that the last one there alive inherits it, and you go around killing each other. Uh, Role-playing as you go, it's made by our very own Logan Jenkins on the show, Um, so you'll get to hear the game be run by its creator. We also have a great guest, Junie Ruiz, joining us. It's a really, really fun session. Uh, Really fun characters. Uh, I think you'll like it. You can find that at Encounters at show. Uh, yeah, you can follow this show on
1: Twitter at Cast. Our Patreon is also patreon.com slash MemorizeCast. Our pinned tweet and show notes of this episode will have some links, such as our Twitter, our Patreon, et cetera, et cetera. To pl- I guess I can say our Patreon, if you haven't listened to Andrew Sistel yet, rest of the season is there if you wanted to binge the rest of it. I imagine most people who have probably have, and are people who are loving the weekly stuff or loving the weekly stuff. Otherwise, you can also get these episodes a couple days early and also our bonus episodes we are doing once a month. Uh, Back to that this month of February, which, um, I mean, the month is almost over, which means uh, either right after this episode or... Well, I'm I'm getting this episode up today. So after this episode, but soon, will be our monthly bonus episode uh, where I'm describing Matrix plot to wheels. Uh, We've done our first one that you'll hear soon, and that's uh, me describing... Exiles uh, which are A thing that come up In Matrix 2, 3 And 4 which are just like What if some fucked up guys were there too Like werewolves and vampires For some reason are in this city And it allowed me to touch on a lot of interesting Sort of things that are not really important To appreciate those movies but I find Sort of fascinating about the larger world
0: and, uh, It was we'll fun get... to listen to the It was fun to do the first one It was yeah, fun to so. learn about you know Programs
1: Yeah, I think uh, in the future I'll get into some more concepts that are, I think, a little more on the philosophical side and maybe get a little bit more like our Elder Scrolls episodes. And maybe we won't agree with some of the stuff it says, but uh, it's fun to dig into all the same. And yeah, that's over there at the Patreon. I don't know uh, what else to... I guess we have a Discord. I think I mentioned that. And uh, you can find our theme music. There's a link to where I found it and the show notes as well. Might have to drop the whole damn town. Remix version now though (laughs) I think that's it And you did the intro Which means it's my turn to say That was episode 12 Also known as the Orchid's Curse It is the 5th episode of the 2nd season of Twin Peaks And the 13th episode overall Yeah, I didn't
0: memorize it